Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And away we go, hour three on a great day for talk radio. It's day one back for many uh, to school, to work, and uh, the brisk air is uh, kind of reminding all of us that we're in the middle of January. Not the middle yet. It's still early January, but the winter is certainly here. And uh, by the way, the ice that uh, may or may not form north of the city, north of the 401, that's what we heard from Global's meteorologist Ross Hull earlier last hour. Uh, you want to be mindful of that because this is that sweet spot where it's supposed to come down uh, in the form of rain or freezing rain in certain pockets to the north, as I say, of the 401, 407, which if you're departing, I guess, Pearson Airport, you hope the de-icing is going well. You know, when they put that Pepto-Bismol or whatever that, I don't know, it's a pink spray. It looks like big Pepto-Bismol canisters just being fired at the planes on their wings and uh which is a, a good thing to see if you're planning to depart because you don't need the wings laden down with, uh, you know, ice forming on them and so on and so forth. There's enough uh, to already be concerned about when you're taking off from an airport or landing. Look, last month we heard out at Gatwick Airport uh, in England, just outside of London, there was a case of two drones that had been sighted. And you know what it did? Uh, it, it tied up about 1,000 flights for 36 hours, 140,000 passengers were inconvenienced some having to sleep like overnight into the air in the airport and uh, couldn't make connecting flights flights had to be rerouted and everything because of two drones that had been sighted and you think to yourself man this technology has become pretty much pervasive a lot of places now uh, young people have them well everybody in general i guess it's not age specific but uh the drones are uh readily available for a couple of hundred bucks even places like canadian tire and so if they can mess up air travel, uh, that is worthy of consideration. And so I wanted to find out, uh, because they say that at Gatwick and Heathrow in the U.K., they're spending millions and millions of pounds, you know, probably close to $10 million to address the situation so they don't go through a repeat. And uh, even the RAF, I guess, is staged uh, at Gatwick uh, some kind of interceptor technology. So let's find out about it from somebody in the know who might be able to apprise us more of what's going on with uh, drone technology and how to forestall these kinds of things that happened at Gatwick last month. Jeremy Wang is on the line, the Chief Technology Officer with the Sky Guys. Jeremy, how you doing today? Where's Jeremy at? Did I lose Jeremy? We just lost Jeremy. Okay. Uh, some drone came in and intercepted. Maybe it was me droning on. Uh, we'll get to Jeremy here in a second. We've had uh, a really... What would you call a fussy phone system this afternoon? It has been a little peculiar. I am again begum- becoming suspicious. Yeah, that we're being jammed. Well, you know what? There are so many signals out there right now that are, you know, just basically invading our space in the ether. And it's not surprising that uh, from time to time people just drop offline disappear into the ether well jeremy has rejoined us jeremy how you doing good how are you john 
Pretty good, too. Uh, you know, when you heard this story, I'm guessing you did, about the drones that had become problematic at uh, Gatwick Airport yeah. uh, in the U.K., what was your first uh, thought? Because, I mean, you're obviously involved in uh, the vanguard of drone technology at the Sky mm-hmm. Guy. So what did you think? Well, uh, part of me, I hate to admit, was uh, sort of just, just waiting for an event like this to happen. Um, as you said before, drones have become very pervasive. It's very easy for somebody to just go and buy a drone and start flying. And uh, without a uh, combination of policy, technology, and other controls, uh, I think an incident like what happened at Gatwick was very likely to occur. Well, could it happen here? Um, I, you know, I, I think it could. And, and I think it's going to be a really interesting challenge to see how, um, you know, large institutions, airports, governments manage to combat uh, really a $200 device that anybody can buy and cause significant disruption. Well, so where would they start then? Uh, For example, you know, the RAF had some kind of interceptor technology, and Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know the details on that. Perhaps if you do or you have an inkling of what that means, uh, how would you then preclude something like that happening here? Right. So the the RAF interceptor technology they're referring to uh, is really a a communications uh, disabling or communications jamming device. So it uh, essentially tracks what radio frequencies are being used in the area, uh, monitors uh, those frequencies to see if maybe there's a sign of a drone being flown nearby, and then as needed, uh, jam those frequencies to prevent that drone from being flown uh, in a given control zone. So it's one of the, the really effective ways, short of using uh, something more active and perhaps dangerous like a, a physical firearm, uh, for taking down a drone and making sure that the airspace around an airport is secured. Um, short of that, uh, there's really not a lot of options out there. A lot of the discussion today uh, is around uh, what's called counter UAV systems, uh, particularly as it, again, relates to radio communications devices. Uh, at the Gadwick incident, we did see uh, trained police officers with long-range rifles there. Uh, that is an option, but again, a dangerous one because you're sending projectiles into the air. Um, and the last one is the way that manufacturers themselves actually design and build the drones. So you'll often find that uh, drones today are built in with uh, uh, no-fly zones already uh, kind of stored inside the technology so that if the GPS antenna on the drone finds itself close to an airport, um, the manufacturer has already precluded that area, so it discourages the person from flying there. Uh, so I think a combination of those technologies on the manufacturer side, on the counter UAV side, um, and then better education policy will help prevent the likelihood of another Gatwick happening. What about stiffer penalties, too? I mean, what does the law say insofar as flying drones anywhere near an airport such as Pearson? Oh, I mean, there, there are quite significant uh, fines that you can pay. And I think even for something like Gatwick, uh, you, you know, it, 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 it would be very easy to see this as not necessarily just an aviation incident, but a criminal incident at large. So I, I think you know, penalties will only serve an effect if there's an education and, and a proper communication program associated with it. So I would like to see regulators, um, industry, uh, the, the training academies that provide uh, drone training to, to commercial operators and private operators coming together with a much stronger public appearance uh, to show you know, exactly what is allowed and is not allowed, um, and then to educate people on what those penalties are. Would you impose restrictions? Uh, like you talked about certain limitations built within the technology itself uh, yeah. to keep off of certain areas on a grid, let's say. Yeah. Uh, any other restrictions that you could see being built into the technology or even just restricting people from owning them uh, at a certain point? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're, we are getting to a point now where we realize that drones are no longer a toy. Uh, they pose a significant risk. 
Uh, I could definitely see regulators coming in with stronger licensing um, for, for pilots. I mean, for example, in the United States, uh, the FAA has uh, quite, quite literally UAS pilot licensing or drone pilot licensing um, and seeing a similar approach taken up north in Canada as opposed to right now where it's, uh, approvals are issued on a case-by-case basis. Um, the other part is that I, I think the most effective way to control any technology from being misused uh, is to design it with those controls in place. Um, so if there are ways, for instance, if a manufacturer can uh, you know, more effectively track where a drone is or remotely disable a drone if they realize that it's being misused, um, I think there are ways that, that manufacturers and, and the software providers themselves uh, can better ensure drones are being used safely. Again, Jeremy Wang's with us, Chief Technology Officer with the Sky Guys on the matter of drones. And uh, it's interesting because you know this Gatwick incident uh, opened up uh, a lot of the conversation about just how much these things are permeating uh, our society now, and yeah. uh, maybe uh, you know the technologies ahead of the laws to govern it, and that even brings up privacy issues. I'm wondering if you know uh, somebody flies a drone and it hovers at your 18th floor balcony and uh, looks through your windows or anything. I mean, is that maybe uh, I don't know? It may be slightly different from somebody with a telescopic lens, you know, yeah. half a mile away. But nonetheless, it can be disconcerting. Or somebody's, you know, sunbathing in the all together in their backyard. Suddenly, a drone starts hovering above you with a camera on it. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do, do we need to be concerned? Um, I mean, I, uh, to be quite frank, I think if, the, if at least it was the government, I think the government has a variety of ways of, of monitoring us if they really need to. Um, as for individuals flying drones and the potential privacy implications there, uh, I mean, if you, if you spot a drone uh, flying above you, uh, you know, you're supposed to report that to the authorities. Um, short of that, again, I think it really comes down to better training for operators, uh, better licensing. Uh, you know, I think the FAA has shown a good example of what drone li- pilot licensing looks like, uh, and then building these uh, restrictions into the technology itself to prevent it from being used. Um, you know, again, we're, we're going to continue to see, uh, I think, cases where where drones are encroaching on people's privacy. See cases where drones are flying in places where they shouldn't be. We've even seen drones being used by ISIS uh, in the Middle East for for much much you know more, more terrorizing purposes. Um, it's really going to take a concerted effort to make an easily accessible technology uh, to be used ethically and, and while still you know, having fun. Help me out here. As far as these drones are concerned, uh, I've heard tell, you know, for a couple of hundred bucks, you can score one at Canadian Tire, for example. At, yeah. the, at the higher end commercially, what's available out there, I mean, for somebody, a hobbyist, let's say, yeah, you know, uh, wants to take pictures of a landscape or whatever. I mean, where are the price ranges these days? You can easily get, uh, if you're buying a drone new, you can easily get a pretty decent one uh, for under $1,000. And if you're willing to go to Kijiji and get a second or third-hand one, you can get it for much cheaper than that. Um, and, and really, I think that's, that's one of the, the really uh, key challenges here is that because it's so cheap to buy, um, there's really no need to purchase the training along with it. You can you know, buy a cheap drone for 100 bucks, going and getting yourself trained for, through a drone academy that will tell you about all the penalties and rules may cost you $1,000 or more. Uh, and that price differential is a huge reason why it's easy to get a drone, start flying, but not have to be trained in how to fly. Right. Uh, and so as they become more sophisticated, what still is commercially available that does all kinds of wonderful things? And what is the radius usually of these things being able to operate? So, so typically speaking, uh, the, the communication systems on drones uh, generally don't allow you to fly more than uh, two kilometers away from wherever your pilot is. So if you're on the ground, uh, the radio link itself starts to disappear around two kilometers away at most. If you're flying in cities, it's, it's usually well under that. 
Um, and then the rule is not more than 400 feet above ground level, wherever you're flying. Uh, if you're a commercial operator and you have a proven track record, Transport Canada or whoever the regulator is trusts you, you can apply for exemptions to these. But generally speaking, those are the parameters you're working with. And it operates on a radio signal? Yeah. The vast majority of drones today operate on radio signals. Uh, and the vast majority of drones today carry a, a GPS on board so you know exactly where you are. Wow. Uh, well, you know, uh, it's something that's become, as I said earlier, and you repeat it, all pervasive. And uh, we do need to understand that there are some issues that could crop up and rules mm-hmm. of engagement are uh, certainly critical at this point. Yeah. Be interesting to watch how this all plays out. And uh, hopefully we don't have any untoward incidents as they had at Gatwick anywhere here uh yeah, at our so airports, yeah, that would be uh, somewhat unsettling. Very good. Jeremy, I really appreciate your explaining all. Thank you. Thank you, John. You got Take it. Care. Yep, you too. Jeremy Wang, again, Chief Technology Officer with the Sky Guys. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 